podcast, your go-to place for the modern and legacy format. I'm one of your hosts, Michael Mapson. Uh, joining me this week is not Billy Mitchell. I have gotten an upgrade. Uh, so I'd like to introduce the Caves of Chaos adventurer herself, Sahara Mahardi. How are you today? Hello, everybody. I'm, I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to be here, Mapson. I am ready to talk about strong <laughs> ladies. I'm ready to talk about legacy and... You know, there was a lot of magic happening this past week. <laughs> There's been so much magic. I There has been a lot of magic, which I have been loving. I, I don't know about you, but I am, like, just kind of loving the state of everything right now. Like, Pioneer's mm-hmm. not good, but it's better than it's ever been. <laughs> Modern's good. Legacy's yeah. good. I've been having fun with CDH. They just announced the universes beyond that I'm, like, actually super pumped about. Like, it's a, mm. it's a good time, you know? It... It is honestly probably, for me, Legacy right now is probably the, I want to say the healthiest it's been since I started playing. And everyone right now is just full of optimism, which is so rare for Legacy. Modern, it's a bit weird because there's like people who love Modern right now and there's people who are like, why is Scam literally everywhere? And I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. We have Scam, but we have a card called Reanimate. So it's way better (laughs) so but yeah i'm really enjoying legacy right now i'm also playing a bit of vintage um because of eternal weekend coming up um and then commander and cube and stuff like that so yeah i'm I'm loving magic right now because i'm like ready to play eternal formats and be like "Mm, mm, mm, so (laughs) good um and playing strong ladies all the way down. If I'm, if I'm allowed to play the initiative mechanic in a format, I am going to play the initiative mechanic in a format. Turns out, uh, turns out that's a strong mechanic. It's, it's so good. It's so, it is unbelievably good. And it's, it's weird because I, so kind of my, my introduction to that kind of playing stop, quote unquote stompy decks as it were, was... I remember seeing it being spoiled. I was like, oh, this is kind of fun. This is kind of fun for Commander and whatever. And I was like, oh, yeah, cool. That'd be like a fun thing. And I remember seeing someone stream, I can't remember who, and just going, holy jeez Louise. I'm about to make lots of people very sad because um, White Blue Adventure was a messed up magic card. Oh, so good. Maps and it was yeah, so good. It, it really oh, was. I loved it so much. Okay. <laughs> I'm kind of glad it got banned, but I'm also like, rest in peace, White Plume Adventurer. Um, but oh, that I probably did the best I've done at Legacy outside of like when I first started playing at initiative time because I, I was that I was that lady. I was like, I do not care if you're not having a good time. I am here to win <laughs> games. And here is a, here is a White Plume. Here is a Caesar Dungeoneer. Let's turn let's turn Lady sideways. You're dead in three turns bish bash bosh okay so for those who might not know you you've been talking about initiative Mm. so who who are you who am i this is a very good question uh so i am sahar mahadi um people um may have seen me on twitter and sort of the legacy community talking about um notably stompy decks i've been playing mono red uh, stompy and initiative for about a couple of years now but also I am one of the founding members of the European Legacy Masters, which is a, a tournament series for across Europe uh, where we crown an invitational and we have a U- legacy champion. 
as well as the co-host of the Legacy Gambit, a YouTube channel dedicated to the Legacy format, making content fun and accessible for new and returning players. And our main USP is that we are two women playing Legacy, because folks, heaven forbid, a woman playing the Legacy format is unreal uh, in this day and age. Um, so yeah, outside of that, I'm sort of a content creator, um, commentator, and just community figure. I try to be the positive force um, in legacy and in sort of UK magic generally. I'm from London, um, so hence this beautiful British accent. And yeah, I just, I love the format so much. I genuinely love the community. I love what the format is trying to do and I never want to let it go. I think it's genuinely one of the best formats to play and it's also one of the best communities to be a part of. It's very welcoming. It's unbelievably generous and I mean, I wouldn't have met you, Mapson, had I not started playing Legacy. And, you know, the rest they say is history. Okay. Uh, so I was very excited to have you on for a couple reasons. Um, one, like I already said, an upgrade over my usual co-host. Um, <laughs> oh, uh, he's, he's fine, probably. Um, <laughs> two, you are just always, well, I mean... I don't know, maybe it's a facade, but you always seem very upbeat and happy, which is, uh, you know, a nice counterbalance to the fact that uh, some might call me negative sometimes. Uh, three. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> you were talking about uh, your lovely British accent, and you have a tendency to call people darling. And I don't know, I just feel yeah. like when, like, a woman with that British accent says darling, it, like, it has a way of making you just like feel special. So I'm like hoping somewhere in yeah. this hour I get called that at some point so I can be like, oh, the warm oh, yeah. fuzzies. Don't worry, that, that <laughs> will 100% happen. Um, it's interesting because when I speak to my friends across the pond, um, it's it's amazing because they're just like, oh, Sahar, you're as, you're as lovely as I suspected. I'm like, what were you expecting? I honestly, I'm sad I'm not going to a tunnel weekend in the US this year. I just couldn't make the numbers work. But I have said to most of my American friends, next year, they're not going to stop me not going. I'm going to walk in and be like, excuse me, do you know who I am? And just, uh, just because, well, on my, on Twitter, folks, if, go find me on Twitter, but my sort of moniker is can be heard before being seen. So I'm going to walk in and this very small five foot four Middle Eastern lady is going to walk in and be like, hello, hello, darlings. Isn't it wonderful to be here? And I go like, who is this woman? And this is the thing. I go to events and people can just hear me. I'm like a homing pigeon. Um, if they don't hear me, they're like, where's Sahar gone? Sahar's, Sahar's not here. So when I'm like in the, when I'm like mid game and I'm like really concentrating, they're like, are you okay? I'm like, yes, just let me think for two seconds. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of fun to be that kind of person and like sometimes I'm I am like that a lot of the time but like obviously you know I'm also human and people have that good days and bad days but I try to be a positive force where I can I didn't realize you were going to come to uh, Eternal Weekend it's, it's going to be nice so next year I can see you at Eternal Weekend and then probably the year after I think uh, I'm going to try to make a trip to Four Seasons uh, oh, I might I, I don't know we, we might go mm. next year uh, probably not but like my my wife wants to go to Italy either next year or the year oh. after and I was like, Hey, what a coincidence. I <laughs> what a coincidence. I also would like what, to go to Italy. What a, but for different yeah, reasons. Yeah. So <laughs> For entirely different reasons. Honestly, I have said this to most of my uh friends from across the pond again. 
the Four Seasons tournaments are genuinely one of the best tournaments uh, in Europe going. Uh, they're so well run. Um, it's Bologna is a lovely place. Uh, so I just encourage people to go. And we've had Americans come before. So I think um, ha- uh, Lee Webb, uh, Justin Jari's come before. Um, who else has come? Adam Wasber Moses, I think, has also attended. And I think pe- people previously, think, I think like Bosch has come what, like many years ago and stuff like that. So people have gone to these events. And for me, certainly, I really did want to go to Eternal Weekend this year and I was trying to make it work and stuff like that. But I kind of realised that the numbers weren't going to really fully work in the end. But yeah, next year, I'm, I've already put, I've already made a savings pot. I'm just going to put money in there. Until, so when it gets announced, I'm like, here's my ticket. Here's my, I don't, I just need the date. I just need the date and location. I don't care where it is. I just need the date, location. I will be there. Uh, bright eyed and bushy tails uh, with my legacy and vintage decks. Be like, hello, everyone. I'm ready to play magic. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to Eternal Weekend. Yeah, same here. Um, but so we should probably get to uh, get to the first topic at hand because two things I want to discuss yeah. are mainly the showcase challenge and uh, what I believe mm-hmm. to be your favorite legacy deck. Uh, but mm-hmm. <laughs> so let's let's. Oh, both these things are very true. So uh, we're gonna start with the showcase. Have you had a chance to look over the results? Oh boy, did I! Um, I was so I was actually meant to play the showcase. Um, on Sunday and I the whole household came down with the worst cold in a long time like proper seasonal flu kicked into our house so I'm like because in the UK the showcase starts late afternoon so we should play into the night and whatever and I was like I don't know if I've got the mental like like the my brain fog isn't gonna let me play magic for like eight nine rounds so a f- uh, co-host Sarah played and but I kept following along because um, obviously I knew a bunch of people who were playing in it so I was kind of keeping an eye out and then in the morning I was seeing people's results kind of flood through and MTG Goffish obviously released the results but it's a pretty varied like top so I'm looking at the top 32 and it's a very varied top 32 like it's not just like a bunch it's not just like 12 of the same decks um you know there's definitely a lot of variety i mean obviously you know force will ponder brainstorm unsurprising its legacy uh the top deck the top cards being played but you know you've got the the strange part is with um goldfish is that because a lot of the decks aren't logged um the actual numbers get a bit warped um but looking at the top certainly the top eight is you know a lot of control um, and, a, and a fair bit of Grixis, um, and then one initiative decks, Death and Taxes, which I was very surprised by. Um, and I was like, oh, okay, this is this is a fairly representative top eight of what the format looks like right now, but there's there was a lot of lands, there was, you know, depths. Um, this sort of eight-cast deck, which is turning into, like, they're calling it Patchwork Stompy, which is basically, I think, eight-cast recognising that it needs to deal with Urkish Bowmasters, so they're just playing like Patchwork Automaton, so you can just make this very large threat and attack, which is kind of a super interesting way of going. But yeah, a lot of control, which I'm unsurprised by, and a lot of mono black, which I'm also, like a fair bit of mono black. And Initiative did very well. I was very happy as, as an Initiative fan. 
Uh, initiative was uh, third, ninth, third and ninth, I want to say. Yeah, third and ninth um, by um, two of my favorite people, uh, which is uh, HJ Cloud and Looniel. Um, and I'm just like, oh, playing the exact 75 as well. I was like, yes, yes, this is all I want to see. Um, What's your view? What's what's your view on it, Mapson? How do you feel? How do you, I think this is a very healthy top. Yeah, no, I I definitely agree. I think Legacy has been just in a great spot where there are decks that mm. you know these are kind of the good decks, but there's enough variety mm-hmm. that you can kind of do what you want. Like when I go through an event, I'm expecting to play against scam at least once, probably multiple times. I'm expecting to see control once mm-hmm. at least multiple times, but there's like a wide variety of what you can play um mm-hmm. and you know it is fitting though that like first and second place were scam and control uh but you know behind that there is just like a mishmash of things kind of like you were saying and mm-hmm. i do i do really appreciate that but i the sorry you were saying no, no, I was, I was just, I was just gonna agree with you. There is, there's, I'm just looking. One thing I saw with the winning list, uh, so Franco Ciccini, Zazir Francone, one of the Italian players. This Yorian, um, control deck that they've been playing, it's been a, it's been a work, um, kind of working with, um, Waiki or Mick Ghost, Angela Kadai. It to me when I look at this winning list, this is a very like European control list, and it's, I know it's weird to say out loud, but the way that I see control mages build decks, it's very interesting when I see like Anorak Das build one versus when I see Waiki or Mitko build one, when I see um, like Dr. Trunks build one, there's very, like there's slight variations, but everyone has their own spin on it and like what how they want to play it. Um, so seeing um, Zia Francone win with this kind of 80 card up the Beanstalk deck, uh, using like basically all the good cards that have just been released in 2023 um it's really not it's it's i i look at this deck and i'm like how does it win and then i look and then it's got two four feralingus and four oros and you know dress down up the beanstalk wandering i'm like literally all the good cards put all good cards in deck win game is basically what I look at this deck. And also Leyline Binding, which apparently now is the which is now a playable magic card in our year and law twenty twenty three. I remember when the announcement uh went I think it was an expressive iteration and White Plume got banned and they were like, Oh Leyline Binding is seeing a lot of play. And we're like, where? <laughs> and now the, the 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 prophecy has been told that now Leyline Binding is a playable magic card in Legacy, which is I find hilarious. They knew. But it's interesting. They knew and Again, like scam as well. Like obviously they're calling it blue black mid range. Um, it's it's very good deck. It's a very very good deck. It has weaknesses, but I think that you know again put good twenty you know put good cards together. And I think Orkish Bowmasters. I'm glad Orkish Bowmasters is hasn't been as oppressive and people have adapted to it in the meta rather than it being just everywhere and every single deck is playing it i think now people are like it is a good threat but it's a reactive threat and the best way to kill the orcish bowmaster is to have your own bookish bowmaster and i think a lot of format can just kind of like look at it and be like okay cool you have you've you've made a two mana two body thing that's ping me for one great um 
you're not it's not completely like oh my god lamenting like ring and orcish bowmasters are gonna get banned i'm like no everyone calm down just need time you just need to give people time to adapt and now everyone's adapted and we're all having a lovely format um, i my favorite thing about orcish bowmasters is actually just the fact that it has mm. brought black back into the format like you know mm, a year I ago black just did not exist and it was so annoying it was just like from the day prismatic mm. ending got printed it was just like what do we need black for you know we don't need fatal push yeah. we don't need abrupt decay and it is really nice consider black really nice seeing five colors again um yeah i do i do too and i think it's yeah it was sad that black was only a dark ritual color and it was only for dark ritual decks now it is a viable strategy i think blue black is a really i think blue black is a really nice space for legacy to have a deck in that space i'm personally not a fan of the grief reanimate package but i respect that it's there um you know it's a powerful thing to be yeah doing. it's not the most um, fun thing when, when it happens to you yeah of course but i i i res- look if if we can't have powerful things not happen in our format then what are we doing like we have the best answers we have the best threats like i feel like the scam package in air quotations should have a home in our format and people should adapt you know people should know it's there but not be like you know like with modern lamenting that it's oh it's, it's everywhere it's like no we just you we have we have better answers we just have things that we can do to do that but reanimate's the best it's ever been honestly like honest to god it's been the best card it's ever been for a long time yeah i i do definitely agree with you the grief scam package is like way more tolerable in this format uh and i i think like a good part of it is just the fact that like control likely the other best deck just plays swords to plowshares yeah. and it's like grief it's like swords it like yeah. what are we doing here you know yeah, exactly. Like, they, if they don't take their said swords, uh, then, you know, it, it's fine. One thing that's super interesting with the... Um, I've noticed with the Delvinists is this... Um, and I think this is a positive sign. Is this shift to adding questing druid. Um, so, it's, some people are playing four colour, some people are playing teamer. And it's, the, it's a two mana, one one from Wilds of Eldraine. And it's um, it's got an adventure which is seek the beast uh, one and a red exile top two cards of your library until your next end step you may play those cards and then questing druid is uh, similar to Quirion dryad which is whenever you play a, whenever you cast a spell that's white blue black or red you put a plus one plus one counter on it so it's card advantage plus a threat and I really like it in these kind of delver lists whether you're playing whether you're playing four color and you're playing like underground seas and tropical islands. Or you're just playing like Team Adelva with Al Bowman and you're just playing like Darcy Questing Druid Merktide and like you're playing like Delvalus effectively, like rug mid-range, for want a better phrase. I've seen I saw Max Dorshan and Rich Callie do like a uh, they had like a stream where they played Scam versus Four Color Delva next uh, um as like a showcase. And it was super interesting seeing the way that Delva is now evolving to have a variety of options it's it for me it's obviously when delver can have like four different ways to be for it to be built that to me is a sign of a healthy format because it's not just like you play blue red you don't play you know now it's like blue red grixis rug four color 
You probably could play Bug if you really wanted to. I don't know why you. I don't know why you'd want to lose Darcy, but um, yeah, that to me is a really sign of a healthy format that Delver is multiple options. I've also seen people playing uh, Bant Delver too, so they are giving up Darcy there. Ooh. Mm. Uh, so I I know you do have some history playing Rug Delver. Like, is I do is questing Druid enough to like make you consider picking it back up? It's so weird. I so yes and no. I am actually my Delver deck. I can literally see it over there. It's it's strange. I. I see, like, Daniel Goodshaw's list laying two seal of removal. That, I'm not a fan <laughs> of two seal of removal, but I understand. This is a very Daniel Goodshaw card. Uh, it's just, I mean, you know, it's, you know, you just bounce it. It's fine. Um, what happened to Submerge? Um, I, I don't know. I, I like playing, I think right now, if I was going to pick it up, I'd pick up the, I'd play Rug again. But I, I feel with Delver, I was speaking about this to a friend actually, I find with Delver, I want to play it when I have a a problem to solve. And that sounds, that sounds like a weird thing to say, but I like having things like Brazen Borrower and, you know, cards that I'm like, okay, there's a problematic permanent, I have to deal with it, and my cantrips are finding me stuff, rather than when you're just playing, you're like... What are my cantrips doing? Like, I'm just drawing cantrips and I've got nothing to do. But it's definitely... I want to at least give the four-colour version a go because I think that having Bowman... And, which is basically blue-red splashing Bowmasters and Questing Druid. I think, like, that version has got legs and I want to try. Um, my only, the only thing for not playing it in paper is I don't own Underground Seas or Tropical Islands. <laughs> so I have blue-red built and I play blue-red when I play it in paper. Um, so yeah, I'm, I am open to it, but I'm not, I'm not giving up my strong ladies to play it. Let's put it that way. As far as the underground um, scene and the crop, I mean, that's, that's what friends are for. Uh, yeah, exactly. That is what friends are for. Uh, the UK community, very good at lending out jewel lands when, when the push comes to shove. Um, so you called out the, mm, actually, sorry. Oh no, no, I was just, I was just going to say like. Shout out UK legacy community. <laughs> uh, so, you, so you called out the seal of removals in Daniel's list. Yeah. And I will say uh, he did post on Twitter afterwards that they were not great, but it seemed like reasonable <laughs> at the moment. Like, you know, it was just kind of an idea. And I, I do think. Yeah, uh, yeah. I like yes, it. I, I like it in theory. I do think um, because yeah. I've seen a lot of people say the issue they're running into with Seek the Beast is you like flip over cards and you flip over like days and force of will or like days and yeah. lightning bolt. You don't have a good target for lightning bolts. Like, yeah, you can shoot their face, but that's not very exciting. Or like you flip over brazen yeah. bars. So it's, it's nice having an answer that you can proactively play. Uh, so I definitely get, yeah, I agreed. It's also, I can't imagine this comes up too much, but like if you're really digging, being able to questing druid, Get seal, play druid, bounce druid with seal, replay seek the beast. Uh, could get you deeper in your deck. I think if that's what you're doing, you're probably not winning anyways. But yeah, that's how much you. I mean, like, so I saw Pokemoki uh, on Twitter talk about um, talk about questing druid, and he personally wasn't impressed. I think in like control, I wouldn't want to see it. I think in Delver, I think you. There's been such a ever since expressive iteration was banned. There's been this 
sort of pilgrimage, for want of a better word, of finding the next card advantage engine. And I think Seek the Beast is, is as close to as we're going to get. And I think it being strapped tapped to a body is also quite nice. I'm a big fan of Miracle Grow decks personally. But I agree about the Days Force of Will thing. I mean, you had that the same with EI as well, but then you had the card in your hand. But that is a reason why Expressive Frustration got banned, because you looked at three cards, you put one in your hand, and then one got exiled. So it both being an exile, I think it has its downsides, but if you build your deck accordingly, I think you can sort of get around. So something like Seal of Removal makes sense. Uh, again, go back up to Formishers Baubles for do that and things like that. But I'm I'm happy to see Dal the Pilots working on the deck again and figuring it out and like having some innovation around it because I feel like that's when Legacy is at its healthiest is when all the blue pilots are like tinkering away in their labs and like going, oh, let's play some cards here and put some cards there and stuff like that. And then you see results like this and you go, okay, Delver's had, you know, two, you know, two decks in the top eight. And that's like, that to me is a healthy format. And honestly, not like the old days where it was a six deck, six decks in the top eight. You're like, oh God, that's so bad. Um, but yeah, I'm impressed. One shout out deck I want to give is Burn. One Burn, oh. Look, look, that's always, you, every tournament you go to, there's always that one person at a tournament who plays Burn and loves it. But the fact that this Burn player, shout out to um, Physic Man, and they went seven and two, Mapson. Seven and two. Like, it, I mean, if you're just gonna, if you're literally just looking to face control all day and just price a progress them out the game, oh my God, I would literally, I would, I literally have this deck sleeved up somewhere. I would play in a heartbeat. Um, so yeah, shout out to the burn player who went seven and two because I think that it gets a bit of a bad rap, but honestly, I love when it does well. And I'm like, everyone remember, Price of Progress exists as a magic card. Um, fun time. Yeah, I gotta say, the deck's not for me, but you know, whatever <sighs> makes people happy. I do love that it's like a legacy deck you can play and you can actually get wins with that yeah, yeah. is sub a hundred dollars. Like <laughs> the yeah. fact that like just you know the whole deck is like cheaper than some of the fetch lands in people's decks is just like <laughs> kind of awesome. So I do love it's, that. I love it. Yeah, it for me it makes me it makes me super happy that you know that is an option and definitely. It, it it's nice to see that someone just like decided to come come with uh come with it. One deck that also got a lot of representation is Cradle Control. Uh I think it had three uh three outings in the top thirty-two, which is a very positive sign. I think that deck also shout out to the Cradle Control community. Um have been working diligently, you know, um Hello Newton and Runcore and Emirate Letness and Testacular, all those folks just plugging away and actually putting some good results up is super duper impressive the one deck i haven't seen on this top eight which i'm really surprised by oh this top 32 actually in legacy is what was i looking for there's a particular is reanimator there is not a single reanimator in this top in this top 32 and i know reanimator is def is but it, it, it's being played 
Yeah, there's like no reanimator, there's no cephalid breakfast, there's no doomsday, uh, or cascade, uh, or storm even. There's like no storm decks whatsoever, which is interesting because I am, unless, I, unless I've missed something terribly, I don't think I have missed something terribly. Yeah, there's just no storm decks. I'm like, where are all the storm? Oh, unless, unless it's one here. No, that's just, no, that's just blue black. Um, yeah, there's just no storm. There's no combo. There's like no combo in this, like, like, quote unquote, like, spell based combo in this top 32, which I find bizarre because everyone's like, storm is the best it's ever been. I'm like, where? Like, where is it? Like, that's, the, that to me is in, is, is, a, is an interesting analysis because I'm like, there's no storm, there's no reanimator. Anyone trying to do really, really broken turn zero, turn one things is basically being like in this, certainly in this format, uh, in this showcase, not had a look in. So I, I have a number of thoughts on that. Um, one, yeah. long time listeners of the show will know that I just, in general, don't think reanimator is basically ever a good choice. And I think with the amount That's of fair. scam that exists, it's like a really bad look to just be like, turn one, like, oh, I got griefed. Oh, my opponent reanimated my crystal brand. Oh, I lost. Oh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, like, I, th I think that kind of happens too easily. Um, yeah, yeah. And that's I think people are just like prepared with grave hate right now because they need it for scam. Yeah. Um, I also think mm -hmm. Storm. Storm is in an awkward spot because I like I agree with the people who are saying it's great, but I think mm. that means two different things. I think, you know, the deck is just kind of factually the most powerful it's ever been. And I mean, you can mm -hmm. say that about most decks because power creep, uh, new additions, like decks get stronger over time, but it's exactly. place in the metagame is, I think, pretty rough. Um, Storm is mm. a deck that is not the strongest against Bowmaster. I mean, Absolutely. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of initiative going around, which means there's a lot of just like Archons and Chalices. And so that matchup can very much come down to the die roll, except if they don't kill you mm -hmm. on turn one, like I just think it's very hard to lose from the initiative side past like turn one. 100%. Um, I think a lot of the control decks have been built to kind of respect combo right now with like roughly mm -hmm. seven force effects in their main deck. I've seen people playing things like Lavinia, I've seen Chalice out of like non-prison decks. So I, I just think it's really hard uh, for a Storm player. It's tough to be a Storm. Yeah, it's tough to be a Storm Mage right now. Oh, I think any combo, like even like, even sort of like Breakfast and like Doomsday, just like, I know those decks get played, but online you have to have like teched your deck out to play against it. And I think that there's also the sort of, because um, I definitely saw like, Tony Scaponi streaming and a few of the Storm Mages like talking about what they're playing. And I was like, it, I just feel like a lot of them kind of found either each other or they found all the control decks that basically had all their answers and could just deal with everything or just all the prison decks. Because prison, like Stompy and quote unquote, so whether that's initiative or mono red, like had one, two, three, four in the top 32 like that's like that's fairly like that to me is like you know storm players like you know that those decks prey on uh, play on combo and storm 
and I think that the sort of you know the circle of life kind of has sort of matched the things like that. Also, big shout out to Lands, two players in the top thirty-two player Lands. I know you're dark and sort of dark depths enthusiast, uh, Mapson. You've been known to play Lands in your time. Lands is still very good. I people say Lands is bad, and I or not bad, but it's like only like four people can play Lands, and I'm like. No, I think Lads... Look, Lads is currently the top... The second best deck in the format, apparently, according to Goldfish. I'm like, Lads is great. Like, it's generally the best it's ever been. Sphere of Resistance is a hell of a, an annoying magic card. And, uh, yeah, people should respect Lads. Like, if you don't respect Lads, you're going to get... You're going to have a hell of a bad day. Yeah, I mean, I think Lands is pretty good against scam and i think it is mm. reasonable against the control decks too so yeah. that's uh you know if those are likely the two best decks that is a very good place to be and i, I don't know lands is like one of those decks where because it has the potential to just like whoops turn to merit Lage, like it's got such high cheese potential that even with your bad matchups yeah. like a matchup can only be so bad if you can just like murder your opponent on turn two True. I think the the genuine the thing that I always felt and like shout out to Ali on Bitgo, um, and the the lands community. Um, it's I know that the combo matchup was tip that was previously very tough. You know, you, you uh, now with the ad, with adding white and adding like source to plowshares. Also shout out Riftstone Portal. Mm-hmm. OG OG lands tech. Um, but uh, de you know, there's deafening silence, there's fall of amphist, there's sphere resistance. Like your combo matchup or your fast, like accelerated mana base matchups are a lot better than they used to be. Like I, as a as a stompy player, I now look at these lands lists and I'm mildly terrified because in the past when I played both mono red and initiative. Lands was always the the match. You're like, well, this match is easy. This match plays itself. You play a Blood Moon. You play a Fret, and the rest they say. And now they go services, and you're like, well, now my mana base is very bad, and they can ghost quarter me out the game, or they make a big Marit Lage, and I am a. Uh... Oh, and Urza Saga. They have Urza Saga. That's the other thing. Is Urza Saga also gives you this nice little like out to other things that you're just like, oh, this is actually very good. But I do think that with lands especially in paper and both online to a certain extent a good you i feel that lands is a very high skill level deck to play it's not something that you can just pick up i've spoken to ali about this before and he's very much like sahar if you play lands you're going to spend a year losing and then eventually it'll click and then you'll start winning and i'm like oh okay all right fine um and i think good lands players are like a breed of their own like they're incredible to play against because they can navigate through you know an awkward situation and then they're like oh i've won the game I'm like how how did that happen and it's just like what what i've definitely had that against initiative where i've played as the initiative player and i played against lands and i've gone Okay, this is great. Everything's great. Everything's oh, everything's not great. Why am I? Why can't I cast a spell? Why can't I? Ca why oh, I have no lands? I see. Oh, I'm ghost quarter locked out the game. Oh, that's bad. And the initiative can only do so much work <laughs> that when you're ghost quarter locked out the game, and you're like, okay, well, I suppose I die. Um. So yeah, I if I see a sphere of resistance, I'm a little bit scared. If I see punishing fire, I'm less scared. Um. But yeah. I think those are the main key deck lists that popped out. 
for me in terms of the t- uh, for the showcase. But yeah, it looked like everyone. How many people were in it in the end? I think it was something like three hundred or something. It was quite a big. Showcase. I didn't. I didn't even look this time. I mean, they they all feel large, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I think then I think it was over three hundred mm. players. So yeah, shout out to everyone playing. Uh, it's a long day. That's nine rounds. Um, but yeah, shout out to everyone. And again, obviously, shout out to XJ and Lunil for doing well with initiative because let's go. Okay, so it was um, three hundred and thirty players, and oh, that's so big. Yeah. So shall we transition that's... off of that and to the deck that we've yeah. both been playing? Oh, I mean, also shout out to. I'm gonna now on the top of this segment. Shout out to Mapson for top eighting a challenge as well this weekend <laughs> with initiative. Let's go, folks! If you have if you haven't seen on MTG Govern, Michael Mapson here top eighted with initiative on the Saturday challenge um, with a list that he doesn't actually <laughs> like. So we'll expand on that, folks. Because yeah, um, yeah. So Mapson, yeah. When, when did you start playing initiative? Did you just pick it up as a sort of as just something to play, or were you kind of like? looking at it as an option for moving forward or you know eternal weekends so i literally picked it up for the qualifier that i won uh well well not one i love that uh, but like the legacy qualifier super that i got like what second and um and i decided to play it i don't know 20 minutes before the event or something like that uh just rock up zero reps i woke up I saw oh. a tweet from one Sahar and went uh, and where it said so so I was actually thinking, I was like, what are what are some good choices? And I was like, I think initiative might be good. And then like I got on yeah. got on Twitter and you tweeted like, I think initiative's in a really good spot and I was like, Oh well, guess I'm locking it in. <laughs> I saw that and I was like, I saw you then because I, I I saw you then tweet about it and I was like, Did you? Did you just see my... I, like, I didn't put two and two together, but in my head I was like, I think I've got... A re- I think I'm the reason behind this. Um, but yeah, I, I'm super... Yeah, the thing is, whenever you play initiative, I always find it... Because you're very much like, I'm just picking it up. I'm like, I've literally spent weeks, Mapson. Weeks working, <laughs> tinkering, iterating. I've got spreadsheets for spreadsheets. And you're just like, I'm going to pick it up. I'm like, oh God. This is the difference between myself and yourself. Is I'm someone who's like, I need to tinker. I need to like... T- t- move around oh. pieces and you're just like I'll pick it up let's go there, there will be um, tinkering before eternal weekend but yeah it was very much I just blindly copied a list I said this person has done well at least twice <laughs> we're gonna copy yeah copy I love that I love, well I mean yes yeah, so you picked up um so shout out to Tom Jab um so shout out to Tom so Tom Jab uh, is a Polish uh, Modo grind um Thomas Jablonski. Oh, shout out to John. But known as Tom Jab. And Tom Jab has um, even admittedly has sort of said that, you know, the way, the, the list that he plays is very ta- tailored to um, online leagues because that's what he plays typically. So it's there's there's sort of a more of a, a prison element to it. And right now with the initiative deck, it's interesting because there is sort of, I'm not going to say two camps, but there are definitely two approaches to play the initiative deck there is very much what i would call like raw power which is your you know you oh everyone's playing four strong ladies like season dungeon case or case of interest still here but you can either go down sort of what was the kind of mono white version which is you know you have um you have disruptive threats and you're basically trying to slow the game down for your opponent so you can then you know enact your game plan 
um, and sort of that disruptive element. And then you have what the kind of what I would call sort of the the more sort of on on the board raw power. Just your cards are better than your opponents in sort of Fable and Mirror Breaker, Archon of Amiri and stuff like that. The thing is, they're not that much different um, in terms of like, you know, there's like maybe in the main deck, there's like 55 cards are the same. But as soon as you take four or five cards out and you change them, the dynamic of them slightly changed and the way you're approaching the matchup slightly change and it's sort of things like that. So it's super interesting that currently the community of which there is a small community, but we are growing, um, is in those two camps. And I think it's very much up to play style, how you approach the deck, how you want to play it. And I know, Mapson, you're a big fan of just raw power, please. Do you know Fable the Mirror Breaker is a broken magic card? I, that's what I'm it's saying. It's absolutely busted. <laughs> it's this card. I'm a, big, I'm a big Fable fan too. But I can understand why people, having been around like Tom Jab and Bad Boros, um, so Enrico Pais actually put out his primer yesterday um, at time of recording. Um, going through his reasoning, his explanations as to why he does it. And he's very much admitted himself that it's for his play style. And I, I like that in the community because a lot of people will pick this deck up kind of similar to you, Mipes, and of just like, yes, this deck's very powerful. I'm like, yes. And you can play it at 70, 80% without any question. Like, it, it, the deck can play itself sometimes. But sometimes you get into those situations where you're then like, okay, now I need to actually, like, navigate through this board state. I need to navigate through sort of complicated matchups. And that's where I find the, the fun of this deck. And I find it really kind of interesting, the puzzle you have to... Post-board especially, just kind of navigating. Are you the beatdown? Because typically you're the beatdown in this, but there are times where you're really not the beatdown and you really have to, like, stop your opponent doing stuff. Um, and I feel like my experience from playing the mono white version originally, which really had both the disruptive element and this kind of, you put your foot on the gas, uh, let's go beat beat strategy. And I think now for me, honestly, the reason why I've gone back to playing this deck rather than mono red is for Ferrolingus. Oh, maps and this card is so good. <laughs> this card is, inc this card's incredible. This card literally has solved the format's problems like well not the format's problems some format's problems but it has solved a, a lot of the deck's problems because before i was a big fan of Faber the mirror breaker but i found the tension between Faber the mirror breaker in a cavern of souls deck really quite ten tenuous and kind of annoying whereas now four Ferolingus is like okay well now you have access to to red and white because i was listening to eternal glory podcast and they were like the mana bases in these stompy decks are so bad like this they're creaking. They're like creaking under the weight of all the value that you're trying to cast. And it's interesting now, like, Four Fairlingus gives you that, like, winning, game winning, you know, piece of the puzzle, but also can imprint under a chrome mark. So now you have access to two of your colours and we'll have a lovely time and you don't have to play bad cards. So consider not playing bad cards. Um, but yeah, I love, I love this deck right now. Yeah, I mean, it's, like I said, I picked it up. I don't know, what was that, about a month ago? And it's been yeah. delightful. So it's like, I picked it up first week, came in second place in the showcase, or in the qualifier. Um, then I top 16 the challenge the next week because I punted in my winning in. Um, then I, I had a bad week. Um, then I took yep. like a week off. And then I got 
third place in the challenge that I wasn't even supposed to play. I just, like, kind of woke up early and was like, ah, well, I'm spending the day with my wife, but she's still asleep. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I'll I just. Love I love that. I was like, but. I'll just do the challenge. I was like, yeah. I was like, as long as I don't top eight, I should be done around the time she's, like, finishing breakfast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was fine. It's fine. It's fine. I find it, yeah, for me, it's, and also, so one thing I decided to do kind of on myself, because I'm, because t- one thing about people when they are talking about decks on Twitter and generally on social media, it's just like pockets. And I'm like, okay, people are talking here and the people are talking there. I'm like, okay, all of you get in one room. Uh, so I recent, very recently put an initiative discord together of people who are actively playing the deck because I was like, I am tired of trying to source information on the internet by looking at a tweet and then looking at another tweet and then someone else talking about it. I'm like, no, 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 no. Herding cats. I'm, I believe in herding cats. Put all of you in one room, talk amongst yourselves, and then together we'll figure it out because it's so frustrating. That's why, like, that's why I basically made Discord because I was just like, I I post about it on Reddit and they're like, oh, can you not just use the mono red Discord? I'm like, yes, but that's for the mono red deck. I want it just for this deck. Um, so yeah, I've just made Discord. There's a few of us in there now, uh, maps included, and yeah, it's 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 very active. It's a lot of people are talking about cards. We definitely have a, I definitely have a what I've called like the considering pile, which is basically the shame pile of cards where we're all like. Like, all the weird and wonderful sideboard cards. So there's a card from Doctor Who, which is, like, Everybody Lives, which is, like, you can't lose... You can't... You've got hexproof, your permanents have hexproof, and you can't basically die. I'm like, and so I think somebody posted it going, can we play this initiative? I'm like, for what? Like, what do you, tr- what do you not want to lose to? And I was like, Fasters Oracle? I'm like, we already have a bad Fasters Oracle matchup. Like, <laughs> just accept Fasters Oracle exists... Like, just accept it exists. Just d- d- move on with your lives. But it's interesting now, we're definitely at the position where it's... We're now... I think everyone, especially for Eternal Weekend, is looking at it. And this is something I'm going to try and encourage over the next few weeks, is building for your metas. Because I think that what... I think an American list, an American meta list, will be slightly different to what I think the Europeans will play. Not by much. I think it will probably be like 70 or 70... 70- one of the same but i think there will be variations because i think there's propens- there's a certain propensity of what europeans play versus what i think a propensity to what the americans would play so um it's trying to now find this dynamic of like what what are your sideboards thank you for your sideboard like how do you want to adapt to the meta because the top decks are definitely like scam lands and sort of de- tempo de- the tempo decks of the format so I think those are the ones where you need to we need to figure out a way out, and I think that the scam especially is the one that I'm a little bit worried about because I've got like I've had like multiple ideas of how to combat it, and I've spoken to initiative players and I've spoken to scam players, and they don't agree on what's important. So it's now trying to find the marriage of like what I think is what what do I think what we think it's going to be actually the the good approach to it because I think for me the reason moving into this deck was having Source of Plowshares and Cavernous Souls against Scam is just mwah, chef's kiss. Uh, just like, oh, you, you played a troll. Oh, very nice. Swords it. Oh, you played a grief. Cool. Like, grief is annoying. Like, definitely, grief's annoying. But, like, if they go troll a Kazakh do, I'm like, cool. 
<laughs> here's our initiative creature let's race um and hope to god it's enough because they take they do take life loss so we shall see but i'm excited for the next few weeks of tinkering and figuring it out so you you mentioned this game matchup i don't know if billy knows this already mm. or not i don't remember if we've talked about it but he and i are going to be focus testing that matchup so hopefully we come to 100%. a conclusion on what is important and how to sideboard and how to deal with it i think i think magus of the moon the more i think about it i think magus of the moon might be it i don't it's something i've spoken to a few scam players and they say that hitting the mana is a genuine thing because they have to have double blue and double black for a lot of the time and i think that is one approach the graveyard hates another way to do it but again it's like my uh having spoken to sarah uh grenham my co-host on the legacy gambit we were like well leyline or let's take leyline avoid as an example it's like yeah you can play leyline but then they just go grief reanimate you're a thing and i think that's even more scary um so it's trying to identify also there's a couple of cards which i'm still thinking about like you know i know you're not a fan of anointed peacekeeper that's fair or boromir i also i'm also i think boromir is like fine it's not actually that great boromir warden of the tower because uh, there's two of them and then i think something like containment priest i think containment priest also stock i think containment priest stock is kind of slowly coming up with scam um to kind of have that like kind of you know, sha-sha-sha thing that you can do through a cavernous hole or something. But it's interesting. I'm definitely intrigued to be testing and stress testing a lot of these, like, big matchups over the next, like, few weeks and see how it feels. Um, because I played... I actually... Me and uh, two other initiative players played at the Axia Now event that was last weekend. Uh, I didn't do amazing, um, but I didn't think I played badly. So it was more sort of, uh, you know... A couple of f factors, but I feel that I'm coming into understanding the matchups a bit more and actually trying to navigate what I think are the big hitters to, uh, to the big hitters that I want to like face. But honestly, maps in between you and me, if I can just face control all day, I'll be having the best day. Yeah, oh, I just want to face control. I just want to face control majors all day, maps. And I just want, oh, you play the tundra. Oh, I'm so sorry for your loss. Here is an initiative creature. Yeah, I'd um, beat two supreme. Um. Mm. it's all good sorry no, you were saying. so i was gonna kind of reiterate so i think you kind of covered how you feel about all the all some like popular matchups but so just yeah want to make sure we got this right and yeah it's succinct so uh looking at the top decks and goldfish so the tempo decks tempo yep. shadow yeah uh, scam which it doesn't have listed you think those are kind yeah. of 50 50 okay uh, and so lands, how do you feel about lands? So I used to think lands was very good. And now I'm a bit more scared of lands because Sphere of Resistance especially is a massive stumbling block. And your opening sevens are now a lot more... They slow you down so much, especially if they're on the play. On the draw, I still I feel like if I'm won the die again, winning die roll is amazing in magic, but I feel like if you're winning the die roll, you're still in a good spot. I, if I think I am going to face a lot of lands in a tournament, the one card that I'm really high on personally is March of Otherworldly Light as an answer to, like an exiled answer to Urza Saga, to Artifacts, and, you know, having, you know, a way to deal with Sphere of Resistance in, get you know, post-board and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, 
I am definitely still think it's favoured, but I am more worried about it than I was when it was just straight green red. <clears throat> green red I felt was green red I felt was a bit easier, but green white uh, is definitely harder. I think it's probably more towards. 50-50 than I would like to admit. Okay, so obviously. you and I are in agreement on that. I had not thought of March. That's I actually really like this. I love of that March. card. Uh, in part mm-hmm. because I don't know. One of the, my complaints with Swords to Plowshares is always like playing it with Chalice feels awkward. Although I guess you can't just replace it with March because <laughs> you still you can't hit like troll. So um, yeah, I mean that's I mean these are, that the, I always say the contract you make. When you play Chalice and Swords, you just go, I draw one of them. One of these is going to be good. Um, so, yeah, the lands matchup, I think, is more 50-50. So then... Uh, what about Depths? Uh, it's similar to the lands matchup, but again, they have they have a smaller big lady. Um, they I have strong ladies, they have big ladies. And uh, Knight of the Reliquary. Light, Elvish Reclaimer is actually the column scale of the most. In, both in lands and in... Uh, not so much in... I don't know if lands plays Reclaimer, was it? Oh, uh, no, uh, Death Slays Reclaimer. Reclaimer for me is all these cards I'm very much terrified at because of what it can do. Uh, Knight of Reliquary is fine. Uh, Minskaboo is annoying. Minskaboo very annoying if they're playing uh, if they're playing Naya. Uh, if they're playing Abzan, I feel a little I feel a little bit better because I feel like that matchup is a little bit easier. Uh, but Knight of the Reliquary and Minskaboo are pretty annoying. But again, you have. Containment Priest was the Green Sun's end of the pack. Uh, so I can say, for, I haven't played it from the initiative side, but I have unsurprisingly yeah. played it from the depth side. Um, I, Unsurprising. I believe that I have a winning record in that matchup, but also yeah, that, that initiative is favored. Uh, like, I think if yeah. I was playing, like, I don't it's, it sounds cocky, but like, I think if I was playing, like, somebody exact same skill level on initiative, I think they would be winning. Um, yeah. It's it's it. This is the thing, though. It's like you can have your average player, like your average depth player, and then there's like you and Dennis, like you and Dennis Offerman, and like douche, and then like there's like these depth players up here who are like know their deck inside out, back to front, and then there's your average depth player who is like I think you know I feel like it's definitely more fifty fifty, but I think a good depth player can beat an average initiative player, and I think both skill level, I think it's then a dance, then it's like. One of you is going to figure this out. We'll figure it out together, effectively. Okay. Uh, so what about Reanimator? I used to think it was very bad. I still think it's very bad. <laughs> but you can... T- uh, but I think you can tech for it. I am a firm believer that I never leave the house without at least six p- pieces of graveyard hate because you're going to face it and then you're going to cry that you faced it. So Layla and Void Containment Priests and things like that. Um, but I'm hoping because Reanimator is on the downswing it's not as much and there's definitely a lot of initiative players who are leaving graveyard hate at home but i always panic that i'm gonna see it and i'm gonna face it three rounds and i'm gonna cry because they're gonna reanimate my initiative creature and i'm gonna cry and i'm gonna be like so that's kind of a good transition into our next and probably last uh topic uh i want to talk about some of the choices that like maybe a little bit i don't want to say controversial but like a little bit less soft. Mm-hmm. so in terms of graveyard hate are you a leyline of the void fan are you a rest in peace fan are you a containment priest fan are you a fairy macabre person you know what it's interesting so in mono red i'm a big leyline of the void fan but when i used to play initiative i'm a big fairy macabre fan it's so weird i don't i can't explain it to you so right now i think that so i always want a uncounterable turn zero answer 
I'm not a fan of rest in peace because it can get countered. Because if, you know, it is kind of good against like the beans deck, that the the sort of four color beans deck or the, the sort of rug beans that was kind of the flavor of the month a few weeks ago. And for me, I like having it kind of turn zero. Here's my Leyline Void or here is my, un, you know, here is my uncounterable, you know, Fairy Macabre when you're playing against Cephalid Breakfast. They do slightly different things. I like having a split of either Leyline Void and uh, Leyline Void and Containment Priest because Containment Priest is both Graveyard Hate and 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 Green Sun Zenith Hate. Like it's and you know it's kind of doing double duty. So Containment Priest is more sort of like in its own category, but I definitely depending on what type of graveyard synergy I want, I'm expecting. So if it's like Cephalid Breakfast, then I want Fairy Macabs. If it's more like I need to stop their graveyards full stop then I want Leyline in the Void. And that's sort of like a meta call. So right now with the scan package, I'm probably more leaning to Leyline the Void. Okay. Uh, but if I was expecting to see a lot more Cephalid Breakfast and oops and things that you can like snipe effectively, then I want Fairies. Uh, one thing I will say about Leyline is it makes Fable that much better because when you draw that completely mm. dead card, it's one more thing you can pitch. Uh, Just put it in the bin. Put that card in the bin. So earlier you talked about uh, Magus of the Moon against um, mm. lands and control. How do you feel about Magus versus Blood Moon? It sounds like you're on the Magus side. I I am I'm so again I've tested both. I like so one thing I'm always cognizant of when I play enchantment uh, lock pieces is force of it. In decks that can afford to have force of it, so your uh, so whether that's control or whether that's uh, you know if I, if I played against dredge, dredge is still a thing in in the UK community, but or like lands or depths or whatever, um, you're just like that's annoying, um, and I think Magus because you can do it through cavernous souls is better, but it does have the thing of it being swords. Or punishing fight if you're playing against like green red and stuff like that. So I think it's again metacall, but I prefer Magus. I think Magus because you can do it turn one through a cavern against like the blue black decks, and then you go here's a here's a Magus of the Moon, find your removal um, before you die. Um, I think is the way forward. But I've definitely I, again I've I've I used to have a two one split at one point. I've had I've definitely yeah I think for a while I played two one split because I wanted to they were for different matchups effectively. Uh, but now I'm on two to three Magus of the Moons because of just the Cavern of the so Cavern of Souls kind of upside. Okay, that makes sense. I have played a split before this weekend. I played um, the Magus. I I think I like Blood Moon more, uh, but I'm still you know I'm not locked in. I yeah yeah playing against I like Blood Moon too. Playing against the um the control decks, I ran into this issue yeah. where like I would resolve Magus when they were tapped out, and I was like. Okay, well, it is officially impossible to lose, and then my opponent would just be like, "Here's a solitude," and I was like, "Oh, yeah, I'm like, duh," uh, and then they draw a yeah, card, duh, like yeah, so like yeah, there's a beans, and then there's, yeah, that's the thing that I also, if I'm seeing, like, I want to, I want to keep an eye on what the control decks are doing because realistically, as much as it's for like the the blue black matchup, it's actually really like. Magus and Moon is really for like control because you, you just want to lock them out of not casting anything. But I want to keep an eye on how much, what type of removal they are playing. If they're because they're going towards solitude and trying to like do the whole beans thing, then I'm probably doing a two one split 
Um, if they're more 60 cards and they're going for prismatic ending source of plowshares, I think I want to go back to sort of Magnus. Again, this is like a keep an eye on it, see how it feels. But if I'm going up to three effects, I'll probably do a two-one split. Yeah, that, if it's two effects, I'm just doing that. Magnus. That all makes sense to me. Um, how do you feel about combo hate cards, mind break trap, and or null rod? Oh, oh so no. Okay, so they're two slightly different questions. Uh, null rod, I people will. Anyone who knows me personally knows I absolutely do not like the mystic forge deck i think that deck is a meme and should not be in my format <laughs> it's one of those decks i stare at i'm like why do you exist <laughs> so norod's kind of for that uh but march does double duty on that also um so norod i think is 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 if you're expecting an artifact deck so your uh your the likes of your eight cast your painters mystic forge and i think you play norod uh my bread trap's interesting because i because you don't ha everyone is like we well, have archon main deck i'm like yes but then are you if you're facing like on the blind and you don't you know you're facing say doomsday and you don't know if you're just on the blind game one and you, you don't have an archon turn one you've gone for like a turn one fable or a turn one initiative creature or whatever and then they go and kill you on turn one then you're like okay well in game two i still don't have a lot of combo hate because I'm really relying on Archon to kind of get me there. And sometimes it does, and it does God's work. But then I'm like, because we said there wasn't much Storm, do I want Mindbreak Trap in a field where I don't expect to see that much combo? If I'm not if I'm not expecting to play against Doomsday or um, Storm, why would I want Mindbreak Trap on my sideboard? But again, it's I want to keep an eye on it, because I saw both XJ and Lunil post it, and I know people like it. Um, but I think if I was expecting a lot of combo, then I would probably register one and as a, as a proper gotcha card. It's like my, it's like the way I used to register Emrakul as my anti-Miltech against Painter. I'd be like, you know what? I can't beat this deck, so we're going to put a card that's like, you know what? I'm not losing to this matchup. Um, but again, I I miss... I, this is where I miss having like Peacekeepers and stuff, because that's where like... If you're playing against combo all day, that just having that slow the game down, it's like mm, chef's kiss. But also, the format's not that way built. That's not the way the meta's built right now. So I'm I'm a bit more I'm a little bit more reticent about putting mind break trap in my sideboard um, than others. I think some people just want it as like a, the fifteenth card, effectively. Yeah, no, I I think I'm in agreement with you on mind break trap. Every time I put mind break trap into a deck, I just like. It's never good. Why? They, <laughs> yeah, why are you here? They thought sees it whenever they want to kill me, and I'm just like, oh, that's yeah. cool. And then, or I draw it, and it just sits in my hand and just never casts. I'm like, that's cool. Like, there, it's just, I don't know, yeah. never good. It just rots in your hand, effectively. I, one question I want to ask you, Maps, actually, while you're here. How do you feel about anti-mirror cards? Like, like I'm, I, cause hear me out on this this is fear the one card that i've been back and forth with on the community uh is fury some people love fury some people don't want fury at all to touch it and i am like so torn about fury and cards for the proverbial mirror whether that's mono red or initiative because i think that for both eternal week out of respect of eternal is i think that initiative and mono red will be very well represented i want to have cards to respect that or we all just make a pack that no one's putting fury in their sideboard and we just play 
one for one removal and we all have a good time. I would also like to make that pact with the community, but that's not going to happen. I, I um, am a Fury fan. That was actually, I'm, that was going to be the last card I asked you about was Fury. Yeah. I, Fury is, I, I want Fury, honestly, I'm trying to make space for it. Honestly, that is the one card that I want to make space for because the more, unfortunately, it's a gift and a curse. The more you talk about the deck and the more a deck does well, the more people want to play it, which is then you more have to then respect it in your sideboarding, which is then like, well, I have to put anti-mirror anti, anti, anti -mirror cards for this. So I think if I can make space for Fury, I will. It's just going to be like, again, it's the tweak of the numbers. I think it's going to be a minimum of two uh, of Furies that you want. So you have an out to the mirror. The one thing I'll say about Fury is it makes me want to go up to the third touch of the spirit realm in the main deck to make the Furies a little bit better. Um, and I think Fury is mm. good for more than just the mirror, which, you know, I have seen an uptick in, in the mirror. So I do think having something there is really good, but it's also good against like elves um, or, or slash yeah. cradle control. At least in my head it is. And I know I'm going to be testing mm. that matchup with um, Aaron Relentless later and I'm I'm sure that I will be proven correct. Um, yeah, I that matchup. That's the one matchup. Actually, I'm scared. I'm actually like so. There's three matchups I'm actually really worried about outside of like the top that we've said. The ones that like the sort of the second tier. Cradle controls one because I think it's actually not a good matchup because they just go wider than you. Um, and the two matchups which I genuinely do not want to put any sideboard cards for because I think they're really bad. And I know you beat it. It's show and tell. <laughs> because I think that matchup is genuinely stomping matchups generally have a really hard time with like resolved attracts or resolved and recall um, and the death and taxes matchup like fury is really good if I'm expecting playing against a lot of DNT but the DNT I don't want to put energy into those matchups because I think those matchups already so bad or they're not amazing I think that you are very unfavored that I think that I want to put I'd rather make my other matchups better rather than put effort on how do I make my show and tell matchup better or how do I make my death and taxes matchup it's better. Because so, they just they just work on axis different to what, what initiative's doing. It's so interesting to me that you're saying that death and taxes and sneak are bad matchups because in the, like the past two like not not the past two, but like <laughs> in within the past month, like I beat yeah. XJ on Death and Taxes and JPA on Sneak. And those are like <laughs> arguably the best pilots for those decks they are the best pilots that is true i also uh with the sneak and show matchup i actually want to try and do some testing with jpa on it because i think that i personally for myself and this is my own bias with the deck is i think i'm playing i'm playing my role in the sneak and show matchup incorrectly i think that i am undervaluing certain cards like solitude or like touch the spirit realm uh, in that saying that with the third touch of spirit realm that is also a good anti blue black card because you could if they do reanimate your thing you can take it back <laughs> take it back give this mine this mine this this thing this mine this mine now so i think that's another axis as well so i need to i actually just want to test the the death and taxes matchup i think it's just because because it's a stoneforge cauldra and like that out is like you have to like really draw your hate like you have to draw your good cards and they can take the initiative back quicker than you can which is why my death and tax matchup i feel is a bit rough but again if you've beaten xj and jpa then happy days yeah. um when when is eternal weekend for you i don't remember i eternal weekend is uh is actually when caverns of uh, lost caverns of ixalan comes out which is gonna be oh, okay. so i need to keep an eye on this. like that week so uh that weekend okay. yeah so i think we uh, 17? I'm just going to double check. Uh, no, uh, it comes out, um, well, the pre-release is the 10th through the 12th. 
Yeah, and then the week after is release weekend. Okay. So it's seventeen. Yeah. So a ton of weekend is seventeen to nineteen. So, so um, I have uh, a legacy event on the twelfth. So I am going to be tuning this deck before then because I imagine it's what I'm playing. Um, I you know I'll probably bring depths and just like if I wake up and I'm like I feel like casting neither the queries I'll switch. But I'm oh. I'm actually going to put effort into initiative. I'm going to have like yeah. my sideboard plans and everything so i'll definitely make sure yeah. to again to happy to share happy to share knowledge and you know this is why i kind of made like a little like a little discord so we can all just like put our heads together and be like okay folks put your heads together a good a good sideboard plan will come out of all of us eventually um which i think is the way forward but yeah i think it'd be interesting again all you're doing maps is just you're just casting strong ladies Kaiser strong lady, Season Dungeon strong lady, Knight of the Reliquary strong lady, Marit Lady the strong, the big argument, <laughs> the strongest lady, the biggest and strongest lady. All you're doing is just casting good ladies. Yeah. Uh, it's a good day. Uh, so, qu question before we get out of here on a very unserious yeah. topic. Um, so, you always call them the big strong ladies. Have you ever mm -hmm. watched Steven Universe? No, I've, I've. Someone has also told me okay. about this. I need to watch it because I need to watch it because I've heard. I just called it that because I just think of the Beyonce song. I just think of like all the single ladies. This is all the strong ladies because I'm just like they look badass. Like both season Dungeoneer and Caves are both badass, badass bees. White Plume also badass bee. Um, I'm looking forward to playing my White Plume adventurers in Vintage. Uh, I'm so excited. I've got a signed one by Gavin and. Um, Corey, who was the lead designer on the Adventures of Forgotten Realms, and I went up to him at Magic Con Barcelona. I was like, "Hi, you broke my format. Can you sign my card?" He was like, "Yeah, I'm sorry," but and I was like, "Don't be. I won a lot of money when I was playing that card." So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna play my signed copy in in Vintage and be like, "Tack attack attack, uh, untap my thing. Uh, you're dead." So yeah, fun times all round. So. If, if in case you don't know, um, there is a song in um, in Steven Universe called "Giant Woman." So oh, every time uh, I will look it up. I, like I don't know. Every time you talk about it, that's like what goes through my head. Um, <laughs> also, yes. just phen phenomenal show. Highly recommend watching it to anyone who likes animated things. I will say the yeah. pilot is one of the worst pilots I've ever seen. Um, I <laughs> think if you just watch the first episode, like it's very easy to go. I'm not going to yeah. do this. But the episodes are only yeah. like, at least at the very start, they're very short. So I'd say watch through at yeah. least, I think it's like episode three that the show starts getting good, yeah. uh, which sounds like a lot of commitment, but it's actually only like 30 minutes. So who cares? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's, I've heard, I've heard good things from people. It's, it's one of these things. Same with like, I also, I've been like uh, XJ's watch the Owl House. I also watch Owl House as well. So I'm a big fan of animated stuff. It's more like, I watch stuff like that when I'm like sick. Or when I'm like, like when I'm ill, like I've just got something to watch on TV while I'm like sitting on the sofa lamenting my cold and I've got like sniffles and stuff. But yeah, uh, but yes, it's, it's on, it will be on my to-do list and I will look up Giant Woman for sure. But yeah, for me, it's just strong ladies and I'm like big strong ladies representing because again, there's not enough female magic players and I'm like, waves a good flag and I'm like, well, here's a deck for all the ladies and we can all just come in and be like, mm -mm. Um, but I have definitely sang all the single ladies while I've been playing that like <laughs> at a competitive competitive rel tournament, um, and people have gone, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "Don't ask." 
Or us. Having fun. We're having a great time. I'm having fun. Exactly. That's all we're here to do in magic is have fun. Cool. Well, I've I've loved talking with you. It, it has been a pleasure. About my fun deck. I appreciate it you coming on, pleasure. especially super last minute. Don't worry, I got you. Uh, so before we get out of here, any any last oh. words? Well, that sounds so <laughs> grim. Ominous. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so ominous. Uh, uh, I'll do my I'll do a quick shout out to a couple of things. So, folks, if you like what I've been saying on this wonderful podcast and you want to hear more from me uh, talking about legacy, you can find me on Twitter at Sahar Mahadi. Uh, you can also find me and my co-host Sarah Grenham on the Legacy Gambit on YouTube. Like, share, subscribe. The algorithm of gods will love us. Um, we are working through an A to Z of legacy, so we're playing every single deck in the letters of the alphabet uh we've just finished uh c we started on d so we just did the death and taxes video we've got a cloud post video um but we also have a sort of podcast kind of we call them conversations because we're not doing a podcast per se but they're just conversations with people where we're talking about certain themes and certain concepts around sort of legacy that people kind of new or returning maybe kind of not aware of so whether that's the mental game sideboarding lands you know, mana bases, stuff like, kind of like, you know, level up lessons for, for what you will. Um, so yeah, find us there. And then as I said, I am also one of the founding members of the European Legacy Masters. You can find us at EU Legacy Masters on Twitter or just type European Legacy Masters. If you are a European player, your qualifying season has just now started. And so there will be a bunch of events running uh, between now and until September when the invitation will be at Four Seasons Summer in Bologna. Uh, at the start of September, so fun times all round. And just yeah, and if, and if you see me at bench, you probably can hear me. Come say hello, <laughs> and be like, "Hi, Sahar." I'll be like, "Hello." I might hug you and call you darling, and be like, "It's all great." Uh, and for me, uh, listeners, you can find me on Twitter at um, Expedition Map. Uh, if you want to find Billy, you can find him at Bad Luck Bandit. If you want to find the show, you can find us at Depths Underscore Podcast. Billy may or may not be back next week. I'm. Not sure. Don't worry, he's not gone for good. Um, <laughs> next week is, we would, the day we typically would record is his birthday. So we haven't actually talked about it yet. I don't know if he wants to record on his birthday or not. Totally up to him. Um, but <laughs> Sahara, thank you again one more time for coming on. No worries. Love it. To the listeners, I will see you next week. Bye, guys. Gavin Maya taps for green, the scene sees reclaimer. Untap sack of flagstones, go seek the planes, then tutor up the stage to pull out your playbill. Darkness podcast, our in Billy Major, and Michael Mapson on the microphone, dripping in mox diamonds, the collector of curtains up on act one of this magic show. Setting the forest so dense it looks decomposed with red lacrary nights, crush against death shadow. On the legendary lake covered in ice and snow. Underneath the surface looks a lonely evil, an avatar so dark it could cause a People. The night lunges forward, going for the kill But death shadow's too tricky, it just won't sit still It's stuff and denials compile a stack so thick The bazooka bug emerges with Gurmax angling The night takes a swing at the zombie fishes But falls submerged for such a distance Forsaken in the haze of the street wraith's fringes Who wanna suffer out, they don't sneak forgiveness The final breath draws a deafening silence A sound so sinister, no one could describe it It's like the subtle cracking of a turtle shell Or the surgical extraction of emerging hell The shards of ice feel a force of vigor The looming fear releases growing bigger and bigger Until a demon's fingers linger toward the shadow of death An all-consuming hush the land goes swept 
the night washes up, frozen on the ice. Dread arbors thaw her out in the green sun's light. An expedition map suddenly unfurls, revealing merit lage has rearranged the world. Dark death, dark death, dark.